magical place we could go. So close your eyes and make a wish for the skies with the angriest, flappiest birds and the seas with ridiculous fish. The Dutch Arcade Show is here again. Hey guys, what is up? Welcome to the Touch Arcade Show, episode number 553. Take two. Take two. Uh, yeah, we just started recording a few minutes ago and something happened. And so we're going to recreate the magic that we had originally, um, which was more or less just me talking about that I am sick right now. And uh, I don't know how long I will last through this podcast with the talking and all the stuff. Um definitely big time congested oh, and worn out worn out from sick and worn out from kids and they're i'm i'm close to death i think i think i'm that's, gonna die from all this that's tv do your kids go to like a daycare or a school or anything like that that no. they're just constantly bringing you stuff home no no they're probably sticking like everything in their mouths nasty. right what's that they're probably just sticking like literally everything in their mouth they're actually pretty good about that but when they do get sick like uh the the one and a half year old you can't really do much about but the um our toddler who's going to be four <clears throat> he um we're trying to teach him like he's usually pretty good about like cough into your shirt sleeve or sneeze in your shirt sleeve or whatever and he usually does but then sometimes he does not and mm-hmm. sometimes he's like coughs directly into your face or something yeah. and you're like okay i mean nice. it's pretty and inev- they've been sick for like the last couple of weeks anyway i was inevitable i was gonna get it but um yeah, not fun. Definitely mm. a worn out dude. Have kids in your twenties. That's my advice to everybody. And only have yeah, one. Two is not a I'm good bad. number. Um, like buying buying dumb things instead. Yeah, yeah. I think about that all the time. All the dumb things I could buy and all the stupid <laughs> things I could do if I just didn't have these kids all the time. Yeah. Uh well, uh I guess this is the rest in peace E three episode, huh? yeah uh although yeah. i don't know it's like it's like the most surprising but at the same time most unsurprising announcement yeah. imaginable um well i guess for me what was surprising is like to cancel it like this close to the event yeah seems bonkers because i i was i was following on, on mastodon you know a bunch of people who were like uh after gdc is like hey all right so uh, gdc is down like anyone uh going to e3 like is e3 happening like usually i mm-hmm. start booking my stuff now like i don't mm-hmm. know if i should like uh should i be getting hotels or yeah uh uh you know i don't know what's happening and then they just announced what yesterday i guess that um not gonna happen in 2023 well i feel like so last year's e3 was like the nail in the coffin they had to cancel the whole thing. It wasn't happening. It had been waning anyway. And then COVID didn't do it any favors. Um, nobody major was ever taking part of it anymore. It was sort of like, okay, you can put on a show, but who's going to be there? What's it going to mm-hmm. be about? And yeah. kind of Summer Games Fest really stole a lot of their thunder, I think, too. That's sort of become the mid-year exciting announcements thing that people want to be a part of more than something like E3. Yeah. Um. And so when it got canceled last year, it was like, that's it, it's done. And then sometime afterwards, um, the ESA that runs E3 
they partnered up with is it Reed Pop? Is that who does it? Yeah, it's, yeah. Um, I don't know the, if Reed Pop like bought E3 because they, they've been like because I think they own packs, right? They own the packs. I, I don't, don't really, know. I don't understand. I just the know business. that they put on the packs events and a couple other pretty big events yeah, that are usually that really good. Uh, um, and so it, it was announced that like, oh, they're going to take over. We are going to come back with E3 next year, and they're doing it. Um, and it's kind of sounded like somebody swooped in to kind of save this event. Um, and that's kind of how I felt about it going on. I was like, oh, cool. Let's see what they do. It was, it was supposed to be like a pretty hybrid sort of like industry event slash public event. Um, but still at the same time, even, even with all that, it sounded like a lot of the major players weren't going to take part of it and take part in it still. And, um, yeah, it just sort of seemed like what's this show going to be? Um, so yeah. well, like you what's... said, it's surprising and not surprising at the same time that it yeah. got fully canceled. And I think there's no way they can come back from this. They said, oh, well, next year we're going to do it. Like, I don't why at this point, well, just let it die. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's a weird one, though, because um, like so, you know, E3 2020, that was uh COVID year start. Right. Uh, yeah. So that made sense that it got canceled. Right. But then mm -hmm. when they did that online thing in 2021 mm -hmm. i was mm -hmm. like you know what this is actually this seems like it has a lot of potential to be kind of cool because like mm -hmm. um i don't remember what games what game or games plural it actually yeah. was but there was a few things where it was like hey here's a time-limited demo that yeah. only works during this event mm -hmm. for a couple different games and i was like man this is actually this could be a really cool thing if yeah. it was like, uh, okay, so E3 happens and all these different companies put up like, you know, the demos that you would normally play on the show floor, mm -hmm. but, you know, online so people can check them out at home. And mm -hmm. then maybe there's a much smaller in-person presence that's like all the mm -hmm. journalists and industry people. And I guess, you know, people want to show mm -hmm. up or, or whatever else to yeah. kind of, you know, like make that its own event because because like the the 2021 e3 to me felt like it was like okay this is like kind of an interesting evolution of this thing that arguably has had its i don't know like reason to exist like significantly diminished over the years yeah and like if they take this pivot where like keeping e3 being this thing that like all this big video game news comes out of but it's primarily a streaming and online thing and, and people at home can play those demos. Yeah. Like I, th I thought that was really cool. And it is. I just uh, think that there's probably a huge factor of it is having it be in person and having all those people in that area during that yeah. time and the business it brings and stuff like that, I think is probably what they're looking for, which is why they kept chasing the dream of having it be this big blowout event still. Yeah. when. In reality, it does make more sense to just have it be like a smaller industry focused thing where most of the news can be online. Right. And if you want to bring some people out in person for special things, like you can do that. But they they really wanted it to be like a big circus like it normally was. Um, and I think those days are gone. I think COVID, if anything, taught a lot of companies that they don't need a show like that to get their news out and that they can roll their own things and that streaming uh, announcement events are are super easier you know what i mean you don't yeah. have to like set up a show and you can get the same info out and everyone still stops and pays attention to what you're doing if anything more so because it's not all happening on the same week 
Um, well, and like way cheaper too. I mean, like I don't, yeah. I don't remember off the top of my head, but the E3 booths were uh, like with Sony and you know, like the big guys were paying, but it, yeah. it was hard to even pull the number out because it, it, I remember just being like so high I couldn't believe it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it just seems like one of those things where it's like you could probably host streaming events literally the entire year yeah. on a budget smaller than you just pay for your booth space. At, hey. uh, Sorry. Having a, a disturbance at your house? Uh-oh. Jared is... Uh, Jared Feeling is away. picking up that, his uh, dog and doing a WWE body slam. Of it. Let, me, <laughs> let me tell you something. When you're sick and your head is congested and you have noise-canceling headphones covering your ears and then the dog barks and creates it some sort of barrier... I, I feel like I just went in a submarine or something like that. That was not fun. Um, I don't know what he's barking at. He's an idiot. You're an idiot. I guess I'll let him bark outside my room. Well, either way, Zoom's pretty good at uh, filtering out dog barks, it seems like. So I don't know. I was on a, a work call and my dogs were going absolutely ape shit to the point that like I couldn't hear myself think. And I was like yeah. apologizing profusely. And the people on the other side of the call are like, what are you talking about? I don't hear anything. Like, <laughs> How's that possible? Um, anyway, yeah, I don't know. It's it's unfortunate because like, I mean, I, I, I get it that there's not like a ton of reason for E3 to exist anymore. But it's just like, I, I mean, just like my, I mean, basically as long as I can remember following video games, uh, E3 has been a thing i mean like got it you know yeah. i remember you know buying the video game magazines in the 90s and it was like the e mm -hmm. it was like in the in the world of video game magazines it was like e3 the e3 issue was like getting the newspaper uh like just before thanksgiving or something like that you yeah. know where it was like <laughs> the fattest newspaper yeah. of the year with like yeah. all the toy ads and mm -hmm. everything else and like the e3 magazines are like the same way you know so it's like yeah I don't know, but, but, you know, just because you have this like really nostalgic view on this thing, like doesn't necessarily mean that there's a commercial reason for it to exist anymore. And yeah, exactly. I don't know. I guess, you know, it's, it's good and it's bad, right? Because it's like, yeah. I guess it's good that companies now are able to really very directly interface with their customers. Right. Because mm -hmm. like, if, you know, say this is like 1998, you know, Nintendo had a big announcement like, how are you, Jared Nelson, going to find out about it? You know, right. Yeah. It's like you know, buy a video game magazine. How did the video game journalists find out about it? Oh, because they went to the show called E3 and right. Nintendo had a booth there and they had this yeah. thing set up, you know, and it's just like that made a lot of logical sense. And now it's just like, you know, Nintendo can basically just like send you an email now being like, hey, next Tuesday at seven o'clock, we're going to show you the new Zelda. And yeah. everyone's like, fuck, awesome. Cool. I can't wait to yeah. see this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, I sort of wonder too, like, like Apple, like when are they, or if they're going to return to in-person events or like stage shows where they announce products and stuff like that. Cause you miss something having like a live audience when you unveil a new product or you do whatever, but also that. I love their like really highly like well-produced videos yeah. and they, they, you know, you don't have a device failing or a, a, a demo failing or, you know, weird stuff like that. Um, you can show exactly what you want to show, exactly how you want to show it. 
you can very succinctly too stuff yeah you know totally. like that's that's kind of the other thing yeah so i don't so, know i sort of just feel like those times are over and now the new normal is this sort of like streaming events and yeah companies rolling their own announcements and stuff like that and um i don't know yeah, i guess I, it's it's a huge cost savings for everyone too i mean on the, yeah. the kind of like the journalist side of things too it's like i mean god what uh I think we got invited to something that Apple was doing, but it was like, I don't think you could go for some reason. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it was like, okay, you know, cause for you, it was like a train ride. Right. Whereas, mm -hmm. and then it fell to me and it was like, okay, well to go to this Apple thing tomorrow, I'm going to spend $5,000 on airfare. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, and Apple's not paying for that. <laughs> and, you know, plus, you know, probably $500 hotel room. And then, yeah, you know, another, right couple hundred bucks of you know random incidentals like taxi rides to the airport and you know things like that yeah. so yeah you know, you're talking like thousands of dollars to do something that now you can just fucking load the thing up on your apple tv and sit right. there in your underwear and yeah get the same thing at the same time as everyone else if you wear underwear well yeah i mean <laughs> choose your own adventure on that one i guess uh but, no it's true it, it just makes more sense all around and i do like it more although I mean, it was fun to go to E3, right? Like, especially the first time you ever went to oh, E3, yeah. it was like, oh my God, I'm going to this thing that I always dreamed about being a part of. Like, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. um, or same with Apple events. Like, they haven't invited us in like 10 years, but, you know, they used to invite us to go to Apple events, which I always thought was really cool to at I least think be we actually, part of we that. go to the last E3? Did we, were we there in 2019? No, I think, was we I think we started skipping it in 2017. Because mm -hmm. remember, I couldn't go because my uncle died and his funeral was that week. <clears throat> oh, so yeah. we switched to going to PAX instead. And then I think ever since then, we never went to another E3. Yeah. Um, but also uh, it got, I don't know that we missed much. those. Yeah. Those and the other problem with, with E3 is it just like sort of sucked to attend. Like the... The whole event is in like the uh, like worst part of Los Angeles. Oh, I don't know if that's but it's probably worst parts of Los Angeles, but but either way, it just like um, it, it was like unless you were staying in one of the like major, major, major uh, host hotels, like the JW Marriott or something that's like directly adjacent to the Staples Center or the Los Angeles Convention Center or something like that. It's uh, you back? <laughs> what the heck, man? Well, I was just, I was just talking about how attending E three, sorry, just kind of sucked from a logistical standpoint. Unless you had, yeah. no, like, it did crazy money to spend to stay at one of the what was it, that complex is L A Live, right? Mm -hmm. Like yeah. one of like if you weren't like the you didn't have the bankroll or stay, whatever, yeah, yeah. yeah. If you didn't have the bankroll to stay at an L A Live hotel, like going to E yeah. three sucked. Because yeah. it was like, I remember one year I tried to book us hotels that appeared to be within walking distance, but like, yeah, it was like, okay, yeah, cross a eight lane highway, mm -hmm. and like, yeah, and you know, walk through like the scariest homeless camps you've ever seen because you're going, yeah, through this yeah. like half mile long underpass, yeah, uh, Those good times, and then you know, if you don't walk, you're taking a $50 Uber to ride for five minutes after you wait an hour for it to show up. We stayed one year. We stayed, was it next to USC? We stayed like near a college and, um, rented I really a car, liked, right? I don't know if we did. We rent a car. Yeah, maybe. Or maybe we just took, I don't know if Uber was even a thing back then, but we, um, 
One of the years we rented a car and stayed very far away. That was okay. But then, but but it was like the cost, the cost savings kind of got smoked out by how expensive it was to park, right? Because you're paying like $80 a day to park there. Right. Um, I don't know. Just uh, very logistically challenging unless you have like infinite money to to attend this thing, you know? And I don't know. Most of the journalists that were going there were going there on shoestring budgets, right? So it was like, I don't know problematic i guess but i don't know i kind of feel like e3 is probably not going to be back i mean what event misses two years in a row and then on the third comes back in this like really big way yeah Um, no that's how i feel i feel like there's no maybe had a chance after they announced it last year with a new company heading it up and stuff like that but i don't think there's any way they come back this next year no and and you know like so if you look at the events that the company read pop has it's like, you know, they've got C2E2, uh-huh. uh, which is the you know, Chicago Comic-Con. They've got Comic-Con proper, Emerald City Comic-Con, like uh, the Minecraft festivals, the, all the PAX events. It's just kind of like, uh, you know, when I feel like people make a good suggestion on um, like, oh, well, E3 needs to be more fan focused, like PAX or whatever. But it's like they already do PAX and they already do also right. stuff like like do you really need yeah. another one of these i don't know right you right. know maybe, I agree. maybe not. so i guess we'll see what uh, happens but i kind of think e3 is done for yeah no i think so too um moving along i got a lot of show and tell items if somebody's mm-hmm. watching this video version should I, I was gonna talk about the steam deck case stuff last week and so i've been using um I've been using this Waterfield one with the magnets. It's cool. I do like it. I'm less concerned about the stick issue that I mentioned before. But in, since then, I got this one that was the same brand that you recommended, Tombert. The one that's like your switch case. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I got this thing. And uh, this is one that's like semi-hard and molded to accommodate for joysticks and stuff like that. Uh, yes. um, the fine brand Tombert. Tom Burt. Um, I guess there, there's like a pretty well-known brand called Tom Talk, I think it is, which makes a bunch of stuff that's very similar to this. I think this is the knockoff Tom Oh, see, Talk, I, but... I thought that it was it was trying to knock off Tom Bin. Oh, maybe. I, mean, maybe, maybe I don't that know. Too. I don't know. You look on Amazon, it's like everything is a knockoff of something else. Yeah, it seems no, like. totally. Well, this thing was 16 bucks, right? And for that price, it's not bad. Um, it's way thinner than the stock case but still feels probably more protected than the waterfield case while being similarly slim um it's hard to get used to it being molded around these like grip parts right here because i go to grab it and i'm like whoa like that's thin part that's a thin thing to grab um but i also don't know if i love this thing um the zippers are okay but um yeah one of the reviews mentioned that there was a little wiggle room in these cases. So if you got it, your device still kind of shook around a little mm. bit in it because they made it a little bit bigger to accommodate people that have these grip things on it. So I bought the grip thing, the Spigen one, Spigen grip thing. Um, yeah, this thing's cool. I am more jazz probably about this than anything. Oh, so you the, can see- the grippy thing, huh? Normally where things are flush, you can see kind of how thick this thing is based on how much higher it is than the the ports and stuff. But um, 
it feels so much better to hold with this thing on. Like it feels more substantial and definitely grippier. I don't think I ever really realized how slippery the plastic of the Steam Deck is. Not that I ever even came close to dropping mine or anything, but um, yeah, I kind of, I think I'm going to keep this thing on it, um, which is weird because the Steam Deck's already so big that adding bulk to it in any way seems like counterintuitive, but I just like how it feels. My hands don't cramp as quickly and it just feels better to hold on to. Um, and this yeah, thing was, was like was 20 bucks. Looking up to try to get a good kind of reference on is what is the actual price of the the cover that it comes with, but it doesn't look like valve sells them individually. And I don't think so. Yeah. There's no, no one on eBay or anything that I can find that's just selling the case. So. Yeah. I don't know why you would want to get rid of it in the first place, but uh, I think Carter did, right. Didn't he send his to Mikhail or something like that? I don't know, Carter's but, um, but yeah, I like this thing, the Spigen case. Um, so I don't know. I'm still kind of like, I, half written a review for this waterfield case um i'm not sure ultimately where i'll come down on it sort of one of those things it's like how it doesn't really matter how good the case is do you want to spend 90 dollars on a case or not yeah and i feel like the amount of people that would want to is very slim but if you wanted a case that was smaller than the steam deck case that still feels pretty darn protected I like this so far i feel like it feels like it's going to hold up just fine it feels about the same quality as val's case um and it's definitely much thinner so if i threw this in a backpack or something like that it doesn't feel like it's taking up the entire space of the backpack so i don't know about this i mean you just be like be like me and never leave your house i don't really anyway but with our our upcoming orlando trip i was like man i gotta bring my steam deck right so what am i gonna do flying red eye for eight hours. Oh flight. yeah, I forgot you have a red eye flight. Good God, you're gonna be super fucked that Sunday. I... That sucks. It was a pretty dumb decision to choose to fly out at midnight the night before, but I just didn't know what else to do with um the kids. It's not waking up. We didn't really have anybody watch them lately, so it's like oh yeah wake up at three so I can get to the airport in time for my 5 a.m. flight to get there by 11 a.m. or whatever. It's like, it just I mean, you like could just uh, get, you know, like a dog crate that's sized for like a Great Dane and just put them both in there with a food of, uh, a food dish and some water. Yeah, right? like, probably be, I think that's frowned upon, but I'm not opposed those, to trying that. Uh, like hamster waters with a little ball that they can lick with their tongue. Yeah. It should be fine. Yeah, yeah it should be. It should Thirty be minute drive to the airport is fine. Yeah, no big deal. Um, but anyway, I thought it would be easier to fly out at night. And then the other weird thing—I don't remember if I talked about this before—but it was um, you can like schedule lifts. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, cool! I'm going to schedule a lift for that time, and I'll just have it pick me up at four a.m. or whatever. And um, yeah, you go to schedule and you're like finalizing it or whatever, and it's like. Oh, by the way, there's no guarantee that there will be a lift available for this time on this day. Yeah, I, I've always, uh, like for me, it's uh, when I've talked to drivers about that, uh-huh. they love those scheduled things because like it's uh, it, it just you very know easy. Yeah, yeah, they know, they yeah. know like it's it's easy for them to do. Um, yeah. My annoyance has been like uh, they always come super early. So like I'll... Uh. I'll say like, I need a ride at like 7am and they'll uh-huh. show up at like 
six thirty, and I never wow. know like how the logistics of it works because like I know when you get a normal Lyft or Uber, it's like if you're not in in ten minutes, they're they're, they're gone. They're yeah. gone. Yeah. And I don't know if it's just like I've only ever done it like super early in the morning. So I guess it's possible yeah. that I was just like the first person they picked up and they just got there early. Probably just yeah. chilling. But I'm always yeah. like, oh fuck, they're here. Okay, I gotta get all my shit. Yeah. Oh my god. And like yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that's necessary or not, but yeah. Yeah, we've done um we've ordered a lift pretty early in the morning to go to the airport before um and just found one that was available and it took like 30 minutes. They had to come from really far away because there's yeah. nobody very nearby. Yeah. So I didn't want that to be an issue too. No, um, I've I've again I've had I've had really good luck with the the scheduled rides. So because yeah. that's always my worry is like I don't know what time I need to like push the button saying I need a ride because right. particularly where I live, well, we don't have Lyft or Uber where we live now, but when I before yeah. it was like a massive variety of how long it would take for a car to come like sometimes it would be like yeah. oh shit there's someone like two blocks away and they pick you up instantly yeah and other times right. it's like a half hour plus because they're yeah. completely on the other side of town finishing a ride mm -hmm. and all this other stuff you know so yeah i don't know yeah it was just it was annoying so i figured whatever i'll just fly overnight try to sleep a little bit i actually lay over in chicago for an hour plus and then Fly the rest of the way. A very surprisingly uh delicious little uh personal pan pizza. Mm. I don't um, know if I'll have time. And I don't know if I want a pan pizza at 3 a.m. when my <laughs> I, don't know. I think that's the best time to get a pan pizza. Might be. Depends uh, on how much I drink on the first part of the flight, I guess. They're uh yeah, I don't know. They're like not Chicago style pizzas at all, but they're all these little dumb little kiosks that huh. that serve pizza, and I think people get layovers and are like Think oh cool like a chicago style pizza yeah. i gotta <laughs> try one of these and it's yeah. like uh of the tier of like uh do you guys you know what market day is do you guys have market day out there i was I like, like some i don't know like one of these like school charity things where it's like mm. you know basically like frozen uh frozen individual pizzas but mm -hmm. i don't know they're they're better than they have any business being but <laughs> you know whatever yeah yeah. But um, so speaking of which, we're going to Florida instead of WWDC, but they did announce the WWDC dates. Oh, that's right. Early June, 5th, 5th, yeah. June 5th through the 9th. Um, yeah. And everyone's already busy reading all the tea leaves of what does yeah. the image that's accompanied the announcement I don't even mean. think I saw the image yet so let me look oh, it up man. um see the also image. they're doing some sort of in-person thing at the the steve jobs theater or something like that like the limited in-person stuff i don't know if it's specifically just media or developers also or what but they are doing a little bit of in-person stuff for this so um, oh it's a, it's a it just all... looks like their rainbow stage they have on their campus that's what I thought. I was like, that, kind of, that to me looks like the amphitheater yeah. uh, in the Apple. So what are people thinking it is? The mixed reality headset something? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. This, that's what uh, that's what this is. But yeah, no, so their, their in-person thing is at June 5th, and it just kind of sounds like, um, I don't know, a pretty cool day at the Apple campus. But hmm. most of yeah. the WWCC, or WWDC stuff is just online like it was before which yeah. i think is an enormous enormous uh an, uh 
way better than what they've done in the past where yeah because like, like it's just so much more accessible to everyone now yeah right you know because remember uh wwdc kind of uh i guess pre-iphone existed for apple developers to be able to like go to apple interface yeah. directly one-to-one with like the engineers that are making like mac os right. or like whatever else and um and you know that was a really cool thing and like, like I don't actual know, hands-on face yeah time right and, and i don't know the stuff that you're making software for right and I, and I don't know if before the iphone it ever sold out i mean it might have i, I don't i don't, I don't, I don't know surprisingly really how any of that worked yeah because i mean the tickets were just like wildly expensive i think they were like yeah. a couple thousand dollars or something like that um but then the iphone happened and then suddenly it like turned into this thing where it's like, oh, you didn't get your ticket. Like tickets went on sale at 11 a.m. You didn't yeah. refresh at the correct nanosecond to right. be able to get your ticket. And then they did like the weird random lottery thing, which I don't know, arguably seemed even worse because it was like hard for you to plan like who on your team was going to go. Because if I recall correctly, like the tickets were not transferable. So it was like you could have a studio that had like, I don't know, a say a dozen people that all tried to go and like maybe it was more important for like a senior producer to go than it is like a you know junior kind of intern person but then like yeah. the junior person would win the raffle right. and then and then the companies would be in this weird situation of like well shit like the person that's kind of like the least important to go is the one that was <laughs> awarded the ticket and now like what do we yeah. do right um but I don't, I don't know how this, but so the online stuff just seems vastly superior as far as like getting as many people involved as possible. The accessibility, yeah. everything seems really good um, yeah. and everything else. So I don't know. Yeah. And the keynote, I, people always get all fucking wound up about like what is going to be at the WWC keynote when it's just like, it's going to be a new iOS. It's going to be the yeah. they're gonna show the new, like upcoming iOS 17 stuff, upcoming, yeah. whatever the next Mac OS thing is. Yeah. Um, maybe a macbook pro refresh or something like that like well the thing is i think if they do want to release a headset and they do want people to develop for it you gotta at least show it at wwc and get people ready and be like here's the platform for developing for it dev kits and apis and stuff like that so we're gonna launch it whenever we launch it but just to get people started on it because i think you know, if they were going to launch a headset and they were like, let's wait till the fall or whatever, um, then you're sort of stuck with like, how do you get people to make things for it? Um, so, and, and then you're also stealing thunder from the iPhone announcements if you announce something that big at the same time. So I kind of think if a headset is coming this year, it's going to be announced at WWDC. I kind of think the headset seems silly anyway, and I'm sort of half expecting it to be like, a lot of smoke because obviously there is a project like that in the works, but they're not actually planning to launch it anytime soon. Um, I've, I've heard it described a lot as like a, a, a solution looking for a problem. Like what is the point mm -hmm. of this headset? And I think that makes a lot of sense. And so I don't know, like if Apple's really anxious to get out there with it, or if they really just want to wait, cause that's kind of their, mo is to like wait on technology they don't care about being mm -hmm. first or whatever wait till something has more of a purpose and then come out with like their great version of it or whatever yeah. so to me yeah. i'm kind of hoping that there's no headset 
in the next couple of years. I mean, my, my thing with this, uh, and I think I've talked about this theory before even, um, is that I, I do think that somewhere inside of Apple, there has been an ongoing VR headset product that has been, that has existed and has been upgraded year over year Mm -hmm. since, uh, maybe as early as like when the Oculus Rift first like right. got popular on Kickstarter, right? Right. Because you know Apple has a lot of money for R and D stuff. They yeah. realize that you know VR and AR is a thing that exists, and yeah. you know if it ever becomes big, it, they should be a part of that and all this yeah. stuff. So it really wouldn't surprise me if like you have a team working on it, and year after year, like all right, here's the slightly better version of this. Like whenever you guys yeah. want to ramp up production, like right, this right, is probably right. what the product is going to be like. Yeah. Uh, based on the technology that we have today and could realistically scale up today and stuff like that. But there's still no market for it or really killer yeah. use for it or anything like that. So we'll just kick the can down the year, another year, refresh it another <laughs> couple of times. And right. yeah, yeah. it makes sense for us to release it next year kind of thing. Because like that's the only way I can I can see how there's been just like constant rumors about this for like a decade, right? Because yeah. I genuinely believe it, believe it does exist, but I bet there's all sorts of shit inside of Apple that exists that just like they either have fleshed out most of the way, all the way or whatever else. And are just like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. If this can be like another iPhone. So yeah, I bother. Yeah. Um, Cause like, you know, if you look at like what Facebook has done with, or I guess meta, you know, Oculus and all that stuff, like they still, I mean, VR still is like such a niche novelty thing particularly yeah. on the consumer side, you know, where it's like, um, I, 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 I just, I just don't know, like when we're going to hit that kind of like inflection point of it being like, Oh fuck dude. Yeah, of course I have a VR headset. Like right. how yeah, could yeah. you not, you know, like I yeah. use it for X, Y, and Z and, yeah. uh, you know, you should get one too. We actually have multiple ones in our house. because We feel like it so much kind of thing, right. you know? Right. Um, which I just, I don't, it's still to me, VR is a, uh, platform without a killer app. I mean, not to say that there yeah. aren't very cool games and stuff on it, you know, like playing like yeah. Beat Saber and uh, Star Wars Squadrons, really cool. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. there's a bunch of games that I would describe as like genuinely neat experiences that are probably worth owning a Quest 1 or 2 for. I mean, the, the Star Wars game they developed specifically for the Oculus Quest is, I mean, kind of like an amusement park ride almost yeah. of just Star Wars fan service stuff, which is pretty cool. But well, aren't the new quests so like I feel like for the longest time one of the goals was like get everything all in one in the headset mm-hmm. is a big yeah. key so you don't have a bunch of pieces or cords or whatever mm-hmm. hanging around you don't need a PC like whatever and they finally did that with the quest two or whatever the last one that well came the out. quest one did that it was oh, okay. just like the two controllers and the headsets all you need oh okay um, um and those are what like five hundred bucks or something like they're not I crazy they're less than that I want to say like yeah four hundred um. um <laughs> So I feel like if it wasn't made by Facebook and I don't think it's true anymore, but it, when it first launched, it relied, you had to have Facebook to log in and all this stuff. And I was like, yeah, I they, they walked all that shit back. Yeah. Um, um, okay. I so if you just get on one. the MetaQuest 2 right now with um, none of, there's a bunch of different bundles with a bunch of different crap, but like the, yeah. just the base headset is 350 bucks on Amazon. That's kind of mellow um, with the controllers or just the headset? Yeah, no, that's that's all in. But then, you know, you need to buy games and stuff like that, obviously, sure. you know, but um, but th- that's really not that crazy of a price for what you're getting. And I feel like when I first tried VR several years ago, um, 
and was like, oh, I would love to get an Oculus Rift or whatever. It was like, okay, well, get this two thousand yeah. dollar PC yeah. first, yeah, no, and then yeah. also get the headset and you thousands know, of dollars like, to get going. The, the cost of just getting things going was, <clears throat> yeah, extremely way prohibitive. Too high. Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, I mean, like me. now there's there's like all the, the crazy thing too is there's like all kinds of cool accessories for VR stuff. I mean, like they make like yeah. there's like a million different little plastic gizmos that you can like uh, flip your controllers into for uh, different games that that people have made. Like so there's um, one of the, the cooler games I like is called Pistol Whip, which is kind of like this like shooting gallery kind of thing. And there's a yeah. ton of different little like plastic like gun grips that you can buy for these things yeah. and there's like a rifle grip and a golf thing or a golf club grip and yeah also it's pretty neat but you yeah. know it's not like i don't know like, i i get a lot of uh particularly as my friends have gotten older and have you know kids and stuff that uh because it's like 350 is like a good kind of like christmas like big christmas present kind right. Of right 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 thing you know asking me about like oh you think i should get vr and i was like man the problem is like when people come over to my house and know that I have one of these, like they fiddle around with it for 20 to 30 minutes. They take it off and are like, cool, thanks. That was neat. And yeah. that's, that's it. You know, it's never like, <laughs> not like, where do I get one now? Yeah. It's never, Oh shit, dude. I, this is, this is amazing. Hang on. I, I got to keep playing this or yeah. man, you got to send me the link to this because it's the coolest thing I've ever seen. Right. Right. You know, whereas like, you know, something like the, like the, the Miu Mini or these other emulation gizmos I have, like, I get that yeah. a lot. It's like, fuck, this is really cool. Like, I need this. You said this yeah. is only hundred bucks. Like how, how do I yeah. get one? Like, this is awesome. Right. You know? Right. And I, I, I can honestly say I've never gotten that reaction with like VR stuff, which yeah, I don't know, to me seems kind of telling, I guess, but yeah. Well, the rumors too, are that this thing, this Apple's version is going to be $3,000. And so it's like, that is just the absolute non-starter. I mean, the only thing I can think of is like if there was some very specific, creative, sweet stuff you can do in VR for making movies or something well, that like, right. you know, so, a studio might have a headset around so they could do a specific thing or whatever. Um, I You're not going to get like regular, that many regular people to bite for three grand on something like this. Yeah. Well, um, so something to keep in mind with that is, so Microsoft makes a product called HoloLens, which is like an augmented right. reality kind of headset thing. And yeah. it's a, the cheapest one to get started in that is 3,500 bucks, but you're looking at like uh -huh. five to, I think like 5,000 ish dollars for like the, the one that you want. Right. And, you know, it just like, to me, it just seems like the, the, crazy high-end like engineering slash industrial market that has a need for that thing has been uh -huh. completely satisfied by HoloLens, you know? Oh, okay. Yeah. And I just like, don't know if there's like, like if the Boeings of the world or, you know, like the Lockheed Martins of the world, they're like yeah. using these things to like design new airplanes or whatever, yeah. uh, are sitting around going like, fuck, I wish Apple would make one of these because like, right. you know, right. like you probably are happy with what you have. You have the whole software stack that works yeah. in it with like your engineering crap and yeah i don't know it's just like i because i i think that market would be weird to go after because hololens has been out for years now right and yeah i don't know i don't know it's, i don't see the use case for this thing either um which maybe that's something that apple has kept under wraps that they know I mean, they're dude, like to be fair something that you don't know that you're going to really want this headset yeah. to show it to you i mean to be fair if apple launches this thing like with that vr killer app where it's like yeah. oh shit i get it now 
Like I yeah. understand why everyone needs one of these. And like, I yeah. can't see how I can live my life without this. Yeah. Like, right. I mean, because like that moment for a lot of people was fairly transformative with the iPhone, right? Because it was yeah. like, uh, when the iPhone came out, it was like, you know, Blackberries were kind of corporate-y uh, uh -huh. and yeah, yeah, the Windows mobile devices that were also pretty janky. And it was like, you couldn't surf the web on anything yeah. with any quarter of good experience and, at all. And if you're just a normal person, there was like not a ton of reason to have any of the existing smartphone devices. Right. Yeah. And then Apple came out and was like, here's, here's the smartphone for everyone. And yeah, you know, obviously right. the rest is history. Right. So yeah, I guess it's, it's not, but then at the same time, like that was, you know, the cell phone world was a proven market, right? Like they're, they're, even yeah. if, you know, the iPhone only sold to like Apple people, like it probably would have mm -hmm. done pretty well. I mean, Apple wouldn't be the biggest company in the world right now, but it would still have been fine because, you know, there was yeah. an enormous, enormous market for that thing. And I just like, yeah, I still just, I, I don't know. I, well, I the, question, the other know. seemingly rumor is that um, there's like two camps inside of Apple, Apple that, one is like let's release these goggles and the other one is like we need to wait until they're more like normal glasses and mm -hmm. the tech's not there yet so it's not ready and i think a normal glasses type thing like google glass tried to do so many years ago makes way i can see way more use cases for that yeah. because think of how many times you're out and about or you're doing anything where you have to get your phone out and look at it for something maps or you know look up a thing on yelp or do whatever mm -hmm. If you could have that information in front of your eyes everywhere you're looking anyway with no problem, like that seems super useful to me. Um, goggles where you can't see what you're doing don't seem so much. And then there's also the the prospect of like, okay, maybe there's something that's like a ski goggles type size that can also reveal the real world to you or it can shut it out and you could be fully VR or whatever, like a hybrid yeah. type thing. And that, okay, I could see a use case for that, except that you're not going to get people to wear dumb goggles everywhere. Yeah. I don't think. I didn't think anyone would wear know. AirPods. But... Well, well, so the thing to me is like, you know, I've, I've, I've heard that argument people before of like, oh, you know, the VR stuff looks dorky. There's no way that people yeah. are going to wear it. But yeah, like, yeah, yeah. dude, if you went back in time, um, I don't know, when did Beats start becoming popular? Like 10 years ago yeah, or something like that? Ago, yeah. Well, I remember the first time I saw him, I was like, what kind of dumb fuck? is purposefully <laughs> buying these giant these bright headphones. red cans yeah. like like because my thing before that like when i was you know listening to my like i don't know like ipod or uh yeah. you know disc band before that was i was really like i want the smallest headphones i can possibly right. find like yeah. whatever the intersection is of like smallest headphone to best audio quality is what i want and yeah. when i saw people starting to wear those like the studio ones or whatever i was like this yeah. is the dumbest shit i've ever seen and now yeah. it's like everyone has them they're like a primary yeah. fashion accessory now yeah. for a lot of people you know so like right i don't i think apple could work similar magic with some kind of headset but i just i don't know yeah maybe i mean maybe and i you know i would trust apple to make something that doesn't look too dorky like you know yeah. um i i recently i don't remember where i saw it but somebody posted about um actual ski goggles that have like they're like smart ski goggles that yeah. use like There's ar technology or whatever now. yeah yeah i never really thought about that but when you're skiing you already have the big goggles on anyway mm -hmm. and so the size doesn't matter and so they actually pack in a lot of like augmented reality information so when you're skiing down a mountain you can see your speed you can see the route you can see like all of this really useful information for when you're skiing and um 
some of them like don't look that bad like yeah. you know big sunglasses are kind of like in right now anyway um so if they made something that was like not a helmet visor type thing but was more like a really like svelte ski goggle or something like a, or like a big sunglasses i i could see that maybe working so well, so uh, do you remember the uh the intel vaunt smart glasses they're um spelled uh v-a-u-n-t is how you spell them if you want to look them up um so these glasses were sort of the um the intel glasses were like sort of the answer to google glass in a way because i like, remember google glass oh, yeah. came I out you talking about these and it was yeah. like dude like well so i think for one google like majorly failed on branding at google glass right like they're yeah. never in a million years should they have let like the dorkiest people on earth be the first people to right wear google glass around you know, like if you look at like how apple does stuff it's like uh, oh, look at these celebrities wearing the Apple right. Watch, or like you yeah, know, so yeah, you yeah. you like immediately get this association of like cool people are wearing this thing, as opposed to like look at this room full of nerds wearing this Google <laughs> Glass thing. Like this is how you yeah. identify a total dork, right? Yeah. Whereas yeah. like the Google Vaunt smart glasses looked like, or I'm sorry, the Intel Vaunt smart glasses like looked just like normal black Ray Ban yeah. kind of. I mean, like the glasses that I wear every day, and like, but yeah. they had that sort of like uh heads up display sort of style thing mm -hmm. so it'd be like you're wearing normal glasses but when you when a notification came through it would like show up in a screen that looked like it was you know just a little bit in front of you and yeah like i don't know like to me i think that is a pretty killer use case because like there, i like my apple watch for that sort of stuff like the whole right. like oh i don't need to pull my phone out of my pocket to see like right why my phone is buzzing but instead i need to make this like obnoxious kind of like you know, yeah. pull up my wristwatch kind of thing to look at it as opposed to like if you had something that looked normal that had the functionality of Google Glass of like, you know, just the text appearing in your field of vision, you would yeah. know like, oh, this is a, a DraftKings push notification I don't need to look at right. or it's like, oh, this is an important email I need to respond to. I think that would be yeah. really cool. But I don't yeah. think that's no, going to be what they're going to announce. I think no. It's yeah. too basic. Yeah, I think they're looking to create a platform, like yeah. a brand new platform to do stuff on. So, and you could argue that you know all the AR kit stuff has been in the works for, yeah, forever. You know, and like there's right there's definitely a part of me that wouldn't be surprised if you know if and when they announce some kind of like augmented reality headset, if they don't, if part of that isn't like, and hey, guess what? There's sixty thousand apps that already have AR kit that this works with out of the box. Yeah. Right. Know, that, that developers have been building for years. And then suddenly like all those different augmented reality apps are just kind of like weird janky experiences, you know, waving your phone around make yeah. a ton of sense. Yeah. You no. Know? So. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I don't know. Um, we'll see. But I think the most likely outcome is iOS 17. Yeah. No, I, I kind of am hoping for that because I'd rather them just focus on everything that's out there already then uh yeah. try to dazzle with some new fancy gadget um but if you want to smoothly segue into something i wanted to talk about this week yes um, speaking of augmented reality uh i got a so today mattel and vlan studios which is the the company that made the mario kart um mm -hmm. live home circuit the little rc car mario kart stuff um, they released Hot Wheels Rift Rally, and it's essentially 
the Mario Kart Live, but with Hot Wheels, um, and that you can control it with an iOS device, or it's also on PlayStation 4 and 5. Um, but I always thought that was cool. I never pulled the trigger on one of the Mario Kart things. Um, they've dropped down to 60 bucks before, but when they first launched, they were 100 bucks, and I was just like, man, this seems so cool, but also, like, would I really play it? And then, this sounds so stupid now, but, like, I was always like, oh, my kid would really get a kick out of this, but, like, I don't want to hand him my Switch to play this. You know, I don't yeah. trust him. But now, this thing comes out, I'm like, here's my $1,000 phone. Go nuts, kid. Go play this car or whatever. So, they actually sent me a review unit for it. So, here's this is the car they have right here. But, so, it's a little RC car that has a little camera on it. And, yeah, um, this this whole thing to me, I, I feel like the Hot Wheels stuff is cool that it occupies the same place as the Mario Kart one, where it's like something I will play with for exactly one hour. Yeah, I well, so I don't know how the Mario Kart one works or how much the game is in the game or whatever. But the thing that has surprised me the most about this is like a, beyond the initial like dicking around with it for an hour and being like, this is cool. And then being like, OK, well, now what? Um, the game that accompanies it is surprisingly robust. And so maybe Mario Kart's the same way, but it's like a whole campaign of like racing that you can do, stuff you can unlock. There's this whole separate stunt campaign you can do. There's a whole challenge system. You can play multiplayer with other people. I mean, there's like so much stuff you can do in the actual app that I was like, oh, okay, this makes more sense. Like I always looked at it as like an RC car. You drive around your house and when you get bored, you're done or whatever. Like there's a ton of stuff to do and like unlock in the actual game itself. And so I was like, okay, like this, this is cooler to me now. Like I see more of a value in it than it just being a toy. It is actually a game that just has like a toy part to it. Um, and I've never played Mario Kart live, so it could be the same thing with that. And it probably is, but um, yeah, it kind of, now I'm more curious the next time they go on sale, picking up the Mario Kart one too. But um. It's fun. The kid definitely likes it. And uh, the technology is really neat. Um, so I don't know. I'm going to try and write some sort of review or something of it next week. But anyway, they went on sale today. Uh, the Showstopper is the price, probably. Uh, there are $130 for the standard edition. And there's $150 like collector's edition that comes with like an exclusive Hot Wheels diecast toy and stuff. Um, I don't know. That's a quite a bit of money. Like when Mario Kart, yeah. super big popular brand um was a hundred bucks and that felt a little steep i don't know if 130 is going to do it for people or not but i do think it's nice that they release something like this um i don't know why android's not in the mix but something that can be controlled with ios devices because it's not like there's a lack of people with switches out there but um i don't know there could be some people that saw the mario kart thing and was like that's cool but i don't really want to switch game or whatever like I, I i like the fact that you can um control it with an iOS device. I feel like that's more accessible to a lot more people. So um, it's a cool thing. It's definitely neat. I'm not sure what my final thoughts will be on it, but it did <laughs> launch today. You can go to riftrally.com to check it out yourself if you would like. Um, at least worth watching the video because the tech behind it is super neat. Yeah. Um, is it So is, is this one any kind of like, uh iterative improvement over what the mario kart stuff did it or is it just kind of the same but different i'm not really sure because i haven't played the mario kart one um i think tech wise it's pretty much the same <clears throat> but i do know that this one um 
So like with, with this and with Mario Kart, you have these special gates and the camera can read whatever the little symbol is yeah. on the gate. It's like a yeah. QR code type thing to know which gate is which number. Um, and so you set up the gates around your house to create your own course and you go through the first gate, second, third, fourth. Um, <clears throat> I kind of get the impression that the Mario one was entirely that. Um, this one has that and you can do all sorts of circuit races and set up your courses and stuff like that. But then it also has a stunt mode it's kind of like a Tony Hawk game or something like that, where it's like, cool. okay, just drive around an open area. There's no gates or anything. You can just like try to do burnouts and then wheelies for as long as you can and stuff like that. You're trying to like score points, do doing stunts. Um, and that's actually like super fun and kind of nice because it's nice to not have to fiddle around with the gates and following a course and stuff like that. So I feel like there's definitely value in like, I feel like playing with this thing, but I don't feel like setting up a course and racing. I just want to drive around and goof around. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of cool that it has a mode like that. So um, I don't know if the tech itself is any different than the Mario Kart cars or not. But hmm. anyway, it's a neat thing. It's a neat toy. It's expensive. but yeah, I mean, uh, toys have certainly gotten a hell, hell of a lot cooler than when I was a kid. Yeah. That's for sure. Like, Which I could go back and be five again in, in nowadays times. It's pretty crazy. Um, Think of how radicalized you'd be on YouTube by now. I know, right? Yeah, that's another yeah, some thing. Opinions about September 11th. Yeah, <laughs> and then uh, because my voice is failing, I'm going to zip through these. Um, Sean wrote a really cool thing about the Final Fantasy Pixel Remaster games because um, somehow the launch of the first set—I think the first three launched all at the same time—that was back in uh, 2021. So they're coming up on being two years old now, which is kind of crazy because it feels like those these things just came out. Um, but anyway, he did this really cool thing where he went back and kind of briefly re-reviewed them, um, sort of with like being removed from the excitement of them being new and then looking at them more as like, okay, how is this version of Final Fantasy compared to the originals or the other re-releases over the years or whatever? And is this better than playing the original or not? And it's really interesting to go through because some of them definitely are better um, and some of them aren't. And uh, he kind of argues why that is the case. Um, just an interesting read from Sean, as always. So um, I'll link this in the, the podcast post. If you haven't read this yet, it's well worth reading. And then the last little bit of relevant news um, I was going to talk about is we talked about Pocket City 2 last week. And since then, <clears throat> it's gone up for pre-order and has a release date of April 8th. And that's next week. <coughs> I'm excited Excuse for that me. one. Um, super excited for this one. I kind of want to reach out and be like, hey, got them codes for me because I want to play it early. But um, yeah, this game just looks so cool. And reading there, there was a new update on his website. Um, there's like a lot of people that have been beta, beta testing it. And one of the quotes, I don't know, I'll paraphrase, but one of the things someone said that stood out to me was like, Oh, what you see in the trailer, that that's what you can do in the game. Like, I I didn't really believe it would be as seamless and good as that, but that's exactly what it is that's cool and i kind of thought that too after i watched the trailer where i was like how can you go from like a sim city top-down game and then all of a sudden boom you're in a 3d city or whatever but apparently it's the real deal so i'm super excited to play this i feel like this is going to be one of the best releases of the year um based on how good the first game was so i hope so anyway april 8th you can pre-order it now um we i'm did just find really, I'm out too. very curious to see like what purpose the whole like zoom in zoom out kind of thing serves like is it just a neat feature or is it like 
you're actually going to be managing things down to like that level of granularity. Oh, well, I mean, you, you, you get your own avatar to create like your own character and you're the mayor of this city. And so what it is, is, is you build from the top down view and it's a normal SimCity game. But then when you zoom into the 3D world, you can explore the world. You can run around it like Grand Theft Auto and there's like all sorts of different activities to do and stuff oh, like that. Oh, so you can actually um, do something. It's not just like, oh, yeah, check it and out it'll be like, it yeah, no, there's missions to do and stuff like that. And there's like um, random events, like somebody's getting mugged and you run in and stop them or whatever, or you can like shoot hoops with the locals or, or um, whatever. So, or also it looked like from the trailer, when you want to demolish something, you hop into a bulldozer and start driving through buildings and hmm. demolish it or whatever, which That's is cool. cool. So no, everything you do in 3d is very much um, like connected to how your game progresses and stuff like mm. that. I think to the point of like you help fight off some criminals and your crime rating goes down or, you know, whatever. So um, That's cool. I remember, God, I can't remember the name of the free to play city builder that did something. It was like my town or something like that, where, uh, -huh. You could you could zoom like it was you know the the three quarter isometric view city yeah. builder but you could zoom into the city and like but mm -hmm. I don't think that actually did anything it was just like yeah you could like just take cool. screenshots or you know like look yeah. at your characters or whatever but it didn't I don't I don't really remember there being a purpose for it beyond screenshots you know just looking cool yeah yeah. No. Which that's fine too, but this is just such a cool idea. I, I really do hope it's pulled off as well as it, it seems to be. So anyway, we'll know uh, a week from tomorrow, actually. Is that right? Is that the 8th? Yeah, it's uh, a Saturday. <laughs> what a weird day to launch. Saturday um, launch, that's weird. So anyway, a week from tomorrow to launch. It's five bucks. No IAP. Uh, he seems pretty against that sort of thing. So it's just a paid game again. Um, yeah, seems pretty cool. Excited for that one. Yeah. Okay. I, uh, officially dying. I've been. Have you? Uh, I've been following any of the Marvel Snap drama at all? Not at all. What's no, going on? I don't. It just it seems like they've hit a point where, uh, I think like the, the new, uh, new game Sheen has kind of wore off this, and players are uh -huh. falling off, and like they're just uh -huh. doing like all kinds of different like wacky rejiggering of like uh, both how the store works and like how yeah. card acquisition stuff works and hmm. all this stuff so i don't know that it's it's kind of funny reading the uh well i don't know about funny but like the r slash marvel snap subreddit is is uh -huh. basically morphing into every other game subreddit where it's just like filled with people that cannot stop playing but completely hate the game <laughs> yeah. you know so it's just like man yeah i don't that's know that's a bummer it's, it's weird how online communities kind of seem to do that where it's just like the shit has just chased away everyone that yeah don't feel like arguing that this isn't the worst game they've ever played in their entire life or whatever right. and yeah i don't know but that's a bummer well it's i i don't follow it super closely but all i know is like shotton still plays it daily and a lot of other people i know like it still so yeah i don't know maybe it's just yeah. the internet shitheads that want to be loud probably it's usually Credit. the case yeah. yeah um okay uh wrapping things up thank you guys for listening to this week's episode and as always uh give us some love on patreon.com forward slash touch arcade or uh help us out by doing your amazon shopping through touch arcade.com forward slash amazon 
Uh, it wasn't there yet, but you can buy the Hot Wheels Rift Rally on Amazon, apparently. So maybe mm-hmm. maybe you do that through our link. I don't know. That'd be cool. Maybe buy 10. Um, anywho, uh, yeah, with that, thanks again for listening. We'll be back with another episode of Touch Arcade Show next time. See ya.